Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Six Figure Souls Doing Good and Making Money. My name is Camille Miller and I'm the founder of the Natural Life Business Partnership, a global network for soul-centered entrepreneurs. Today we have a very special guest, Londi Maduro. She is the writer, producer, director and founder of Blue Child Entertainment. She is also the proud leader of women of color filmmakers and I am so happy to have you on today. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> one of the reasons I was so excited to have her on, well one I have a daughter in film school, but also just for an inspirational story of someone coming from the art. And I have two two other children. One's, one's actually a writer and a creative director, and one's an actor. So all of my kids I put in those performing arts. And I think sometimes when you have creative direction and you might not know what you want to do, people would be like, you know, don't go there, you know, follow this other path. And I'm, I'm a total believer that if you're creative, you're what the world needs. So I really just wanted your inspiring story. So the person that's watching this can be like, oh my gosh, that's me. I think I can do it, right? And, and you touch so many pieces of it that I just wanted to share your story. And I'm, I'm so happy to have you on. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I love what you're doing, by the way. This is so thank needed, you. especially right now with the state of the world. So thank you for doing this. It's so, I mean, it's this is awesome. It's thank awesome. you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's start a little bit about you. Um, how about your backstory before you had this wonderful entertainment um, company that does so much and, and I know it embraces so much too so I want you to just to talk about it but what's a little bit of your backstory? Sure yeah so I started as um, a model and an actress okay um, uh, but I wasn't able to uh, 100% just dive in because I had a ch child at a very young age. Okay. So um, one month after my 20th birthday, I gave birth to my son. And that meant I needed to work because I just, you know, I, I, I thought I was going to just get assistance and get some help and went into the welfare office and, you know, nothing against anyone who has to go that route. But I walked in there and was like, this is not for me. Yeah. So I, you know, had to work two and three jobs um, to make sure I provided for him. I was in college, I was working and I was still modeling and acting. Um, but I realized that I needed to take care of him. And so I kind of did that and worked in the medical field, took little jobs here, but always still grasping at that dream, never letting it go because it was what I wanted to do. Um, but I just couldn't afford to eat top ramen and <laughs> sleep on someone's couch when you got an infant on your hip you know so did that for many many years just kind of doing what I could here or there um, and then uh, moved to Los Angeles I'm actually from Washington State oh, okay. um, so I'll be able to pursue that career um, and just started really diving in and found jobs that allowed me the flexibility to go and audition and act and sing and do those kind of things um, and still be able to support my son in the medical field. So I wanted, I think this is very important because where there's a will, there is a way. It wasn't easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> It was that easy. Yeah. There were times I was exhausted. I remember once when my son was like nine years old, he made me my dinner. He made like a sandwich and put it in the microwave and put a note that said, mommy, your dinner's in the microwave. But your kids see your yeah. work ethic. 
Absolutely do. Knew, even as a little kid, that I'm not abandoning him. I'm trying to provide for him. Right. And that work ethic got instilled in him as well. I love so, that. Yes. Yeah, and so, you were following your desire. Exactly. You know, you, you kept doing what you wanted to do for yourself. Right. And even though I couldn't do it on the level I wanted to because I had responsibilities, yeah. I never let it go. You I was like, I, this is what I want to do. I'm not letting it go. And so uh, once he graduated from high school, then I was able to kind of dive 100% in. But I like to share this because fear set in. And it was, but this is what I've always done. So maybe I could do both. I was scared to just dump, dive in because now I'm older and I'm like, okay, I don't know about being hungry for it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I can, um, you know, eat top road. <laughs> I got out of modeling because I, I hated being a size zero, you know? Right. So then I, I, de I decided, you know what? Um, I'll do it one little piece at a time. It scares okay. me you know, but I'm going to take one step at a time and do every day something that terrifies me. Even if I can't do it all the way, I'm going to do just a little bit and I may have crying spells and I may be terrified, but then I'm gonna, you know what? I gotta get over this. It's time to do it or it's never going to happen. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah, that's just so. an important piece to reiterate to everyone watching this. You need to be uncomfortable. Yes. I think that's your zone of genius. You have to make yourself uncomfortable to kind of push that what we call that upper limit, right? If you've read the book, exactly. The Big Leaper, it's just to push yourself through it. But go ahead. And, you know, just to kind of piggyback on that, it's easy to live in uncomfortability and tell yourself you don't like it, yeah. but tomorrow I'll do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's right. like this weird thing that we do to ourselves subconsciously where we're like, you know what? I'm just, I know I need to do this. I hate this. I'm miserable, but I know this misery. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's why a lot of times people support themselves by a job that they hate to yes. do a hobby they love instead of making that their career. They keep exactly. it kind of in that hobby space because it's safe. Exactly. Right? And I can go on that jobs aren't really safe at all, but especially right. after this, right? But right. yeah, it's, it's that. But I really believe in my heart of hearts that when you close that door of safety, this big wide door opens that could, it's almost like a double decker that could have, that could not have opened because the other door was stopping it. It's you were so standing. true. And it, and it all is really, you know, we hear this and it sounds cliche, but it really is about your mindset. Yeah. And it's about, you know, thinking big. The opportunities come when you set yourself in motion. And you also, I think, which is so important to me, you don't realize how you're blessing other people and who's watching you. You know that. what I mean? You I don't realize that. it. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, even how I ended up starting my my group kind of came from that, which I'll get to in just a second. Yep. But um, so I, I start. I went to photography school, and um, I started doing photography because my dad was the photographer when I was a kid. And so I was like, okay, you know, I get how to take pictures. I used to model. I, I understand all this, and so I loved it. It just kind of parlayed itself into filmmaking because I hated auditioning. I hated someone telling me I wasn't enough of this or I look too much like her or I'm this or I'm that. I'm like, I would rather just write it myself, shoot it myself and make it happen. But of course I didn't have a clue as to what the hell I was doing. Yeah, that's what but, I 
Right. You know, I just, I started writing, wasn't in the right format. It was like in story form, but hey, I had a script in my mind, you know, and so set out to do my first project. But because I'd worked in the medical field for so long during the time that my child was growing up, I had administration, administration experience. So I understood how to manage people. And that's a huge part of being like a director or producer yeah, that you or need. A leader. Yeah. Yes. You need to understand that it takes, I always tell my, the ladies in my group, directing a film is like directing an orchestra. You don't have to know how each instrument works, but you need to have a general understanding of that instrument so that you know how to make that beautiful symphony and guide each person playing that instrument to help create that. And so I understood that by managing staff and it parlayed into directing my first big film, which had like 80 cast and crew, which was big for me. You know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm curious, did, did you go to school at all for film or acting or anything? Like, did you have any classical training or any, any training? <laughs> you I just had decided on making a film. Yeah, I had experience. Well, I had acted. So yeah, I right. understood how set life worked. Um, I did go to school for photography, so I understood lighting composition. Okay, like good. I understood that 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 aspect. Yep. Um, I think that made me a more well-rounded director because I could yeah. speak to my crew on the technical things. Yep. I know ISOs and, and and you know and lenses and all that, but I could speak to my actors on performance. And sometimes what happens, what I've seen now working with people who have formerly gone to school, if they only did one thing, they struggle with the other. So if you're only a camera person, you don't really know how to talk to the actors and get yep. those performances. You know yeah. what I mean? Makes sense. Or if you're an actor who wants to direct, but you don't understand the difference between a 50 millimeter lens and a 85 millimeter lens, then you don't know how to get that visual story and connect that to your DP to speak their language yeah. you know, to get what you want. So I, I feel fortunate that that helped me to kind of be more balanced. Now, I didn't know everything. And it was funny, like my first project that I directed, um, I knew what I wanted visually, but I didn't know how to say it. So I was like, okay, in this scene, I want it to be, you know, like, no, you can't hear the audio, but he's doing all the movements. And my first day, he was like, so you want it to be MOS? I don't know, is that mean no sound? Is that mean no sound? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I want. So I think because I had the confidence even though I didn't have all of the skill set yet, yep. that crew respected me. Yeah. And I that was my first big crew in Atlanta. And those guys, now they're like, Londi, whenever you need something, you know, whenever you're working on something, we want to be on it with you. Because I had a clear vision of what I wanted it to look like. You know, and I wasn't leaning on them to teach me. I just didn't know all the lingo just yet. <laughs> now I do. But back then, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by doing that and, and, and launching the production company and, um, you know, uh, then people started seeing, okay, her projects look good. Can you produce mine? Can you help me? Um, and so always still loving photography, I started doing more um, actually producing small business commercials, uh, online tutorials for companies. I do a lot of that, uh, just helping businesses. Okay. Um, get their their stories told in a uh -huh. way and, and our filmmaking background helps because it's not just a boring talking head video there's some heart to it so i do a lot of those for my clients and a lot of online learning courses so how do you add some personability to teaching something 
Um, and so that kind of allowed me to still keep my filmmaking career. Um, and from there, I just kind of, I realized, you know, working with women on set, I was getting a lot of women applying to work with me as a DP or a photographer um, that didn't have the confidence. Their skill levels were just amazing, yeah. but they would come in like, well, I would like to be paid this, but you know, I understand. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> You know, or I'd get a guy who didn't have the same skill set as this awesome woman, and they're coming in with all this confidence. Yeah, well, this is what I charge. What is? I don't understand. So I was like, okay, there, there's somehow this this disconnect between our worth and our and the quality that we put out. For some reason, we don't accept our worth. And I've been guilty of it too. Sometimes, if I have a big client, I've gotten nervous. You know, yeah. in the past, and I undercut it. Yeah. Yes, and not anymore, but there was <laughs> yeah, we all go through that though. Yeah, and so, you know, just, I started deciding I wanted to help other females in the film industry whose voices just aren't heard um, or who are struggling. I will say as a woman who's normally behind the camera on set, I am definitely the minority. <laughs> and I say that to say like you know it's a it's a boys it's a boys club okay and so sometimes I'm you know not so much lately but I've been on productions that my production company is paying the crew and the DP's like oh am I working for you yeah and if you want to get paid I advise <laughs> you to fill out this paperwork <laughs> I've actually had that happen to me where, oh, well, you can't be the director or you can't be the production company. You're, a, you know, without saying you're a girl or they expect me to look a certain way if I'm behind the camera. Gotcha. And it, it you know, I've had to prove my worth. And it's unfortunate because it's not the same for men. Yeah. And yes, things are a changing, but they're not a changing that fast. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> you know? And so I was like, I want to be a support system for women, especially women like me who are maybe pursuing this career and they're not 20. You know what I mean? Yep. And so that's that adds a whole nother layer of confidence issues because you're like, okay, am I too old? We're told. In Hollywood, you know, you're too old if you, you do this or that, or if you look like this. Or, um, like, they don't have to know how old you are. And if you're telling your own stories, nobody's going to care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Nobody's going to care. So I wanted to have a place where I could help women um, educate them on the film industry so they have confidence when they step into those interviews and are not undercutting themselves and then feel confident enough to tell their stories and not have someone dictate to them if their stories are worthy to be on HBO, Netflix, in theaters, you know, that kind of thing. So that's kind of how Women of Color Filmmakers was born. I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't happening. And never intended it to grow as big as it has, especially even over the quarantine. I thought, oh, this is gonna be hard because we were doing everything in person. Yeah. And I've gotten like a hundred new members yep. since, you know. Quarantine was pretty interesting in that way because it was on video. Now it's accessible to everybody. So how long is, how old is this community? Only a little over a year. I took a it over year. in July of 2018. Okay. 
Okay. So we had, yeah, we had our first anniversary October of 2019. Um, And so now, but just the, you know, I started with just calling on my friends in the industry, uh, with just having guest speakers, which is kind of um, when we get to the virtual gift, that's a little bit about that, but just having people come in and show them how they did it. I wanted regular people, you know, to show, yes, I started here. I didn't know what I was doing. One of yep. my friends, he used to be like this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. He used to, he was so broke. He was given plasma just to be able to pay his rent. Now he directs everything Chicago. I was teasing him. He's from Chicago. He's Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago, you know, oh. like all the TV shows. And so he came and spoke to the group and kind of shared his story. And I was like, look, I, I've seen his story. I've seen his struggle. This, you can do this, you know, um, and just different people. So we started with just having different guest speakers and then we started doing workshops. So teaching, you know, um, directing, uh, we have a DP class we're working on right now that's kind of hard to do virtually, but hopefully when we're able to meet again in person, be teaching camera angles, lighting, those kind of things. We have writer circle where they can learn script writing, script to screen where we analyze film. So really just diving into that, but also teaching confidence and just knowing you have the support system that you're not alone. And that if I could do it, you can do it. I love that. I love that. And I think that's such a part that's just missing, you know, because even if you go to school, which you sound like an MBA in film, right? So, but if you go, they're not teaching you how to present yourself, how to, you know, how to show up for work, how to, uh, all that's missing, right? And it's all relationships. It's all who you know. It really is in everything. Because even for me, like as a creative, most of my friends were creatives. Yes. But I was trying to build my business and that wasn't serving me. Like they don't know they, that's the part they don't like. They want to focus on making this beautiful. So I had to find a community that helped me build my business to a level that now I can expand. So right. I joined business groups because I knew I needed a mentor in the business world because I didn't know what I was doing. So I highly recommend that get in like-minded groups and get mentorship. And sometimes that means stepping away from your friends. Doesn't mean they're not your friends. Doesn't mean you don't still hang out with them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So that's, that comes up a lot in these interviews. Um, one, because I work a lot with very soul centered people. And as they, they reach that, it's not quite enlightenment, but as they go up that scale and it's really inner self-worth, right? right. That's being soul centered as they gain this confidence, they gain the self-worth, they have to kind of shed some of those friends and family yes. that don't support them, that don't right. see it their way, because you're always like, you know, little Johnny, little Beth, little, like whatever it is, and right. not in that same point, right? So they do right. that, but, I, but it's also in business as you, as you start to move up. And, and, and I think that's natural though. Yes. Like you should be so proud when you start to move up and find new circles and you should constantly find new circles of friends and business associates and whatever that is, because you are the five people that you hang out with. Right. right? And I'm always looking for people bigger and better than I. <laughs> like I want to be the one like, please let me in your circle. 
Exactly. I do not want to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. I want to be, I want to learn and glean and genuine relationships. I'm not saying follow somebody around and stalk them. You know? no, success leaves clues, right? Exactly. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just watch people and take a bit from this one and a bit from this one and a bit from this one and be authentic and, and don't try to pretend you're someone that you're not. When I think when you're authentic, that's when you, that's when you shine through. When and they totally will want you. To help you. Yes, and they will totally want to help you. Like when I joined some of these business groups, I was really doing it because I, like, I know there's so much I don't understand. Yeah. I, I mean, I understood business and working for someone else and managing their business. Right. But I was struggling to apply that to myself. And I really understood the creative process, but I didn't understand, okay, what am I missing in running my own personal business? Why is it I can't scale? What am I not doing right? right. And when I started getting myself in these groups, not only did I glean so much information, but then they're referring me business. I didn't even join the groups for that. I was like, I just need to learn from some smart people. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah but it's the trust, right? It's the trust that builds businesses and the, and relationships and relationships. kind of yeah and in in the, the the community that I run now they're all different businesses it's it's who you are not what you do exactly. I put them together every month we shuffle it and I make these triads of people that I think should work together because of where they are and they have to meet every other week to kind of up level themselves oh, it's by awesome. choice but right. I scramble it so you don't always know who these people are. By the end of the month, you do. Right. Right. But they can see it from a different place. They can mentor you from a totally different place. And you may have knowledge in something that they don't have knowledge, right? So when you mix it up like that, you can kind of up level. It's, uh, it's a little uncomfortable. But then again, that's what you're supposed to be right? <laughs> when you're ready. You're not going to be able to scale your business if you don't get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And it's not easy. I'm not going to pretend like every day I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to. No. Some days I got to listen to like three af affirmations and some motivational speakers and read a book. I listen to my audio book. <laughs> so we should mention that that never stops. I don't care what level you are. You're trying to hit six. You're trying to hit seven. You're trying to hit ten. Right. It, it, that never stops. Like on Monday, I had what I call one of my funk days. I just couldn't get out of my own way. And I was just like, stop, clear my calendar. Let's meditate. I ended up taking a bike walk, a, a, bike, a bike ride and, and just kind of meeting with friends, not even talking to them about it, but just kind of getting out of my space. Right. And I was like, and I honor those days. I don't try to push through them because I honor where I am. I love that you said that because sometimes I feel like, you know, this is the part that doesn't get acknowledged. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, all of us may have that mental brick wall and some days you knock down 10 bricks and then yeah. for some reason you put two back and yeah. that's okay. Because at the end of the day, that wall is going to get knocked down. It may not get knocked down like you wanted to all at once, but it will get knocked down. You will yeah. achieve it. You just got to go one bite at a time. Yeah. I believe it's more about momentum. Yes. Even if you up your game 1% a month, that's still huge at the end of the year. Like, mm -hmm. just keep moving forward. I don't care if it's a little bit. I don't care if it's reading one page of a book. Yep. You know, just, just keep the momentum. So let's talk a little bit about scaling. Mm -hmm. So, so 
how did you scale to the level you're at? What was your first hire or your first kind of say, okay, I'm here. I don't know if you were doing it alone or with a small group to become the media company you are today. Sure. So I first, well, the first thing was realizing that I couldn't do it all by myself. <laughs> Entrepreneurial <laughs> tripwire. <laughs> giving up your baby. <laughs> that is definitely a hard, it was hard for me. I think because of the fact that I've always been a hustler, I've always taken on a gazillion things at once. Even in high school, I had to play sports class president did this did that but it's like okay can you pick one thing kid <laughs> so it was definitely hard i had a lot of mishaps made a lot of mistakes um and then finally was like you know what this isn't gonna work unless i i get some help um and so i did i hired you know an assistant and then i started interning people like um realizing there was a lot especially you know in film and photography because we do both we do photography yep. as well um there were people who w just wanted to shadow me liked and this kind of happened organically like i wasn't seeking them out like i'd yeah. get a call hey my son wants to you know learn filmmaking or wants to learn photography and so it's like great for me great i can have them on my bigger shoots that i couldn't handle by myself um, and then I would also hire other reliable photographers and things because we, we do a lot, not so much now, but we used to do a lot of event photography. Okay. So I would, you know, I would, you know, especially around the holidays, you want to be able to have multiple yeah. jobs. So I would hire photographers whose work I admired and who shot similar to me because that's what my clients are expecting. Because sometimes that's that hard sell to have to tell them, I can't be at your event. However, you're gonna love this photographer. Some people are cool with that. Some people are like, no, I want you. <laughs> you know, so you know, there was some educating of my clients, and that's the other thing that I think is important, especially if you're in a service-based business. Yeah, you have to do some education of your clients, understanding you can't let your clients dictate how you do business. I think that's very I love important. That. Yeah, and so, I, I think the other piece though is the leadership on you that the people that are representing you are exactly like you. You've exactly. trained them to represent you the right way. Right. And that was also learned. I had to start a contract. I've made that mistake. Said, you know what I mean? <laughs> I had to, you know, I had a situation once where, uh, you know, a, a photographer I hired was partying at the party. You are not invited to the party. You are working the party. So I had to have them all now sign contracts. This is how you behave when you're representing my company. Now, if you go out and shoot on your own, that's on you. Yep. But this is, this is the expectation expectations of you when I contract you to work for me and none of them had a problem with it and they all understood it um, because clients when they like you they especially at events oh come have a drink no I'm working do you want your pictures or your video to look nice then you gotta let me do my job <laughs> you know yeah. so setting rules in place for the people that you hire even if you're contracting them like most of the people that work for me are contracted with yeah, the exception of like my administrative people yeah. Um, so you've got to make sure that there are rules in place because they are representing your business. 
Um, and then, and this is something I'm, I'm working on now is just kind of monetizing everything. So we're starting some, some course, some online courses, especially for businesses on um, like how to make your own videos and stuff look professional. So that way you have that income coming in and I don't have to be so hands on yep. as I want to do bigger things for our business. So I would think those are the first steps. Excellent. And those are all online classes, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Well, of course, right now, like even our director's class, uh, we did at the beginning of the quarantine, which a lot of them are asking to bring back. So yeah, that for right now, they're all online. I would like to do some in person because I feel like that helps, but the business courses will definitely all be online. I love that. Terrific. Mm -hmm. So what do you see next for you? Do you have a next? I do, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that is a scary question. Somebody's like, people haven't thought of that. No, actually, most entrepreneurs do have a, a, a bigger vision. Go ahead. Right. I definitely do. So I can't share a lot because we're dealing with the contract right now. Um, but we are looking to expand things into Atlanta. I tend to work in Atlanta a lot. So we're looking on expanding things more on an educational basis. And then maybe I can come back once we finalize this. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. But we're still kind of negotiating. So I can't yeah. really say That's what okay. it is. But it's going to be awesome. And it's going to help a lot of people. And I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm excited. That, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I just, I love the confidence and the self-worth and all of these pieces that you're bringing up as part of your training. Yes. Because it's so much more than just running a business. And running a business yes. is hard. People have no idea. People right. go into the things that we go into because we're passionate about something. Right. And we want to spread the word and teach people, but it's still a business at the end of the day, not a yeah. hobby. And we have to teach that. Yes. And even like even in the women of color filmmakers, I, again, had to realize we started growing very rapidly. I can't maintain this and my business by myself. So I created a board, you know, it's like we need a board and now we're making it a nonprofit. Um, but it was I, I knew that this is growing too much. I can't do all of this. And you have to get to that point where you realize that at first, of course, like whenever you're, you're, you're getting something started, it's, you know, you are the chief cook and yeah. bottle washer. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you gotta do it all, but you gotta slowly recognize, okay, now it's time to expand and maybe get a little help. And even if it's an intern or even if it's, you know, someone who's only working a couple days a week or, you know, can you work one hour a week? There's so many people who need things like that. They just need a little bit of supplemental income. Yep. Or they're freelancers, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I think the world kind of beats on them, you know, people that are just willing to do the jobs and what it takes and works a few hours here, a few hours there. I just had a conversation with one of my daughters, not my oldest one, who just started a job and she can only get part-time hours. And I was like, go right to your manager or supervisor and say, when everyone calls out, even if it's last minute, can you text me first? I live down the street. Do you know yesterday, she's only been on the job two weeks. She goes, mom, I got a text. Someone dropped out. I was like, yeah, you're a teenager. They always do. Like <laughs> the last minute something comes up. I was like, you just want to be the first one they call. You'll be working full time. And the manager had her on speed dial. Well, it was a text, but I love that you said that because that's how I moved up quickly in the medical yeah. field. It was, I was always the one willing to figure it out. Figure um, it out. 
And so even there, like I didn't go to school for the medical field. I started filing in, in the file room. You know, my mom got me there. My mom's a critical care nurse. She referred me to the job in yep. a pulmonary office filing after school. And a woman left who was doing medical billing. I was like, well, I like to learn, you know? Yeah. And that became, I never knew that that would support me and my child by just learning that. And quickly I moved up to being the manager of the office. You, I don't know how to say, you never know who somebody knows, right? Mm -hmm. So you, like I got connected to you from another speaker because I reached out and said, who do you think fits this? Like, uh, like I'm looking to branch, right? And now I know you, right? Yeah. And so it's that, it's that it's, everything's who you know, your network, but it's always being willing to adapt, I think is a big quality of an entrepreneur. But if you looked at my history and my background, you'd be like, how the hell did you end up? <laughs> well, I didn't know when I was going through it, but my what? journey was perfect for right. where I ended up, right? And right. it's it, it was just who I am, but I was always that one. I worked overnight shifts, all my kids work overnight shifts, and then they go to college in the morning, just like I did, because that's how I got through. Um, and I just, I, I did all sorts of jobs because I didn't know what it was going to, what was going to come out of it. And I was just okay right. with it. And I also enjoy working. So, um, right. and I always look at everything as a, an opportunity and just really be curious about all possibilities that could flow my way. I'm just totally, totally open that way. I totally agree with that. And I do think one other thing I always like to share with business people, especially is take care of your staff. Hmm. I would say, you know, when I used to manage doctor's offices, one of the biggest issues I would fight with my doctors is we got to take care of our staff. Yeah. We take care of your staff. They are loyal to you. Oh my my gosh, business yeah. is rough and times are hard. Like now yeah. it is for business. You know, they're going to be there to support you through that. They will come back if you have to, you know, let them go. They'll be like, hire me back. You know, you know what I mean? Like they'll be free. Take care of your people. Yeah. Be compassionate. Treat them how you would want to be treated and they will stay with you. Forever. So the loyalty. So I, before I did this, I used to run nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And um, people are always like, how do you have the staffs that you have running a, a nonprofit? And they never leave you. And I was like, because they work for less because I treat them like gold. Right. And I, and I, I did a lot of returning moms that came out of the field and wanted like part-time jobs. And I was totally flexible. Your kid's sick. You've got to be home. Like whatever you need, I'm a mom. I'm a full-time single mom. I I'm just going to make that work for you. Like whatever you need, you come to me first. I'll make sure it happens. I used to have these staffs and people were blown away. Like I could have someone working like you work nine hours because that's what you do, but you do your job in this lane and you are awesome at it. I'll pay you for those nine hours mm -hmm. and you figure out how to get them in. Like, and because it was a loyalty thing, exactly. I, you know, I celebrated them all the time. I thank them. And, and I always had staff meetings because they were just as important as my CFO was. Yep. Right. They were just as important. And I wanted to hear them and learning that you have to teach every single person about your business and the why behind the task. Don't just give them the task. Tell them the why it's so important that yes. you do this. 
yes. and then they get it. They're a, they're a part of the foundation of everything. Exactly. And listen to what they have to, if they're in the trenches doing that work, because really you can't they're, be doing everything. So yeah. if they're doing that work, they're seeing the pros and cons. They are. Listen to what they have to say. Yeah. Don't assume that just because you're the big honcho that you know it all. Yeah. Share in that, with that experience with them and they will be so loyal to you. I love that yeah. you said that. That is awesome. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just be coming from your heart. Like I always think if you just listen to your heart, um, I was reading a book and it just said your, your body is your subconscious. So if something's not right, <laughs> know, right. Where it, know where it's coming from. <laughs> I'm like, whoo, that got a little close to home. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of this summit. I, I find your story so inspiring and I know it's going to help so many people that are watching it at exactly the time they needed to see it. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be here amongst the awesome people you have in this segment. I'm like, wow, I'll be tuning in. <laughs> yes, please do. And if you love it or have any great comments, I want you to come back to our Facebook community and just continue the conversation and tell me what you loved about this. Most of the time, all of our speakers are also in that community. So if you wanted to reach out, you can ask a question and we can always bring them back to do a live and answer things. So definitely share this with your friends at sixfiguresouls.com. Thank you, Londi. I'm so excited to have you. you. Yes, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. You, guys you are welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.